Hey everybody and welcome to the Vulnerable Entrepreneurs coming at you from the great city of Worcester, Massachusetts. I'm Sean Riley. And I'm Common Thrath. And today, like always, we're having a no bullshit conversation about the entrepreneurial way of life. Hey everyone, unfortunately Sean can't make it today, but I am super excited to have his replacement co-host, Juliana Marulanda Mayota, kick-ass mentor and friend who is the founder and CEO of Scale Time. She is a process ninja. Uh, her and her team have been working closely actually with my agency in helping us rapidly grow and put in processes and really help us scale. You know, she's working with companies getting to 1 million, 5 million, 10 million up. So, Julian, thank you so much for joining with us today. Glad to have you here. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun to, you know, speak to you in a totally different context. So, very cool. <laughs> yeah, normally the context is like you're 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 probably either yelling at me or talking to me like a parent to, to fix, <laughs> tell me to, to, to uh, in better words to fix my shit and make sure we get our, our operations in order. Ah, <laughs> uh, the mama bear. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so today's topic, or you know, with with what's happening with COVID, it's just with the economy and everything. Businesses are and people are, are looking inward and looking at the mirror and trying to figure out, you know, am I reinventing myself or my business, or am I making some type of innovation? You know, do I have to innovate myself or my business? So the difference is like, what's the difference between innovation versus reinventing yourself? Um, so. What do you think the difference is, Juliana, between those two, you know, invention and innovation? Invention and innovation. So I think there's a couple of things here, right? Because you mentioned like kind of where people are inventing something, right? So I, I often think of invention as being um, like a tangible thing, um, right? Like there's a the light bulb, the, you know, a new program, a new service, right? There's, there's something that is concretely new, um, which is, I think, a little bit different than, you know, the real innovation is sort of the transformation of something that has already happened. Um, I don't know. That, that's kind of like how I hear it, uh, where, you know, and so when we're innovating, um, it's, it's really sort of how are we transforming you know, it could be a business. It could be a, um, I don't know. I have a friend who like wants to have 50 patents by the time she's 40. Right. And she's like, if you only change like a tiny thing, you can get a patent for it. Right. Like, so, so there's almost like a transformation in, um, in that where it doesn't take a whole new invention, but you're innovating on something that's already being created. Right. Or even innovating on, on a thought process or methodology. So, so when I think about that, um, you know, those are things I think right now during COVID, uh, people are talking about pivoting, right? Which is, which I think it kind of lands in between the two, which pivoting is really around like course correction and thinking about something different, right? Where, whereas innovation is almost like this whole transformation and pivoting is how do we um, change direction, right? So it's a directional change as opposed to a whole like 180 or a whole transformation. So that's kind of how I think about them. I don't know. What do you think? Like, how, is it different all, than how you're thinking about it? Like, <laughs> I don't realize it a lot, but you know, some of my team members tell me, I say, I, I often say there's no need to reinvent the wheel. Um, and I think I feel like a lot of times we already have the tips, the resources, all the, the ideas, the, the necessary tools right there for us. So we don't, I don't think we need to reinvent meaning like where, 
it's completely doing something different, 180, really changing. Maybe that's not your brand tone. So if, if, you're, if you're, your business has a certain um, brand out there and you're now have to like really reinvent yourself, that's, that's, that's total pivot 180, like you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. But if you're innovating, that's, I feel like that's, that's transformative. Like you're transitioning, you're doing some transformation, but you're still mm-hmm. true and core to your brand yeah. and your value to your business. I think that's the difference between the, the two. Um, so yeah, I say we don't have to reinvent the wheel here. And a lot of times when we're looking at our processes we're doing as a marketing agency, we're out there helping businesses figure out how to connect with their consumers and grow revenue, you know, brand awareness at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But then when we're looking at our products, it's like, how do we still become more relevant in today's needs? Like we have some clients that, you know, pause maybe engaging with us so we added some innovative additional services, meaning we're already talking about business services. We're already talking about um, technology stack, which wasn't something that was for the forefront for us. So we already, uh, so we just really made that come more to the front because right yeah. now I think it, it's, it's evident that businesses need to figure out what's their business strategy. Um, and a lot of businesses think we're just a marketing company or we do websites and video, but we actually really do deep dive business strategy. Um, but then after that, you have, okay, do I have the right technology? Do I have the right people, um, in place to implement these new technologies, bits of CRM, marketing automation, et cetera. So plus working remotely, people are now embracing teams and zoom and how do I integrate all that stuff and talk to my HR department and, you know, all these things, like how do I um, manage my team's productivity? Like, so we use a tool like toggle to really look at utilization. So things like that, like that's, we were innovating our company. Um, we were already doing these aspects, but we just had to amplify it versus inventing. You're completely changing. If I, I guess if I turn my company into, uh, maybe some type of like e-commerce, like completely different, yeah. um, that that's, that's difference there. Yeah, I think so. Right. Because like when I think about when you're, you know, just even in the conversational processes, right. Like I, I would say you create, you standardize, and then you optimize. Um, so when we think about it, it's like, if you're creating, um, then sometimes like you're reinventing the wheel and there's no need for that. Um, cause oftentimes like in order to get from creating to standardizing, all I have to do is like gather what you already have. Right. Like, so for you guys, like you just gathered all of the resources, you gathered, um, all of the processes, um, and all the things that you were doing already. And you just might've rearranged them in a different format. Right. Like, like you standardized them in, in a way that was consumable for right now. Um, and for the future. Right. But like, you know, in that sort of like, like there was no need for creation um, in that point. It was just, how do we gather and then standardize? And then as we're innovating, we get into that kind of optimization mode of like, okay, how do we then take what we've already standardized, what we've already got the foundations um, and, and then take it to the next level. So Julia, like, so someone's another business owner is listening and they, they're hearing us how do they start? What do they do to kind of like, okay, assess what they got so they can start figuring out how to uh, really innovate themselves if they need to. So when we say innovate themselves, is it like on a personal level or is it we'll on a business a, first, but I'm definitely going to jump into the personal uh, <laughs> or for their business. Um, so when I think about that, right, it's, um, you know, it's like, okay, what kind of people do you have? 
right? Like, you know, it's like, okay, um, is it contractors? Is it, you know, um, do you have a right-hand person? Do you have freelancers? Do you have um, a full employee staff of 50? Like, you know, like, what, like, what does your people look like um, in terms of, like, organizationally? And then what kind of processes do you have? Right. So it's like people process. Um, what's your pricing structure? Right. Like, like what kind of prices do you have? And, you know, and that goes into like your offers and your services and, and all that good stuff. Um, and then what is the resources, you know, that you're that you're utilizing? Um, you know, whether that's your tech stack, uh, whether that's strategic partnerships, whether that's um, certain affiliations that you might have, um, a really good place to kind of, um, I, I'm a big fan of, you know, sort of like the lean startup guys and, and they created something called a Canvanizer. And all it is is like a one sheeter. And, and I really love that because it allows you to take a bird's eye view of your business and check it out and be like, okay, what do I have currently? Um, you know, even your marketing channels. Um, and then, you know, are these things performing? I would say it would be the second piece, right? Like, you know, cause just cause you have stuff doesn't mean you it's working. Um, and sometimes it doesn't mean that you like what you have. Right. <laughs> like, um, is it worth your time to, yeah. Like sometimes you might not really, you know, there, there might be a couple of people that you're not really in love with on your team um, or, you know, or some technology that you don't want. And then after that, I would say, you know, what, um, how much is this stuff costing you? Right. Cause you might want like, Oh, that's super geeked out tech, but right now it might not be in budget. Right. Um, so, so I would really take a look at like, what is it that we currently have people process product pricing resources? Um, you know, is it, is it working? Right. How is it working? And, you know, are we, are we really affording it? Um, you know, and then I would start looking at the opportunity. It's like, okay, where do we have opportunities right now in the market? If we are going to reinvent ourselves, um, and follow the money, right? Like figure out which industries are, are making it right. Like, uh, which, I mean, right now the, the word it's funny, like, cause I have an economics degree. So I always think about like, Oh, you know, what is the elasticity of things? Um, so in a less kind of, you know, eco geeky way, uh, right now it's like things that are essential or, you know, or who's making money. Um, and, and can you fold that into the business so that you can grow, um, not from a short term standpoint, but from a long term standpoint. So, so those are the things that I would look at in terms of like doing some self-evaluation. Well, there's a lot of great tips. Um, one of the things that stood out for me there, like you talk about pricing and I think a lot of people, if they're mindful about uh, their consumers right now, they have to really be empathetic and sympathetic about pricing, changing their pricing plan. Like we typically do an annual engagement, but now we're, we're open to doing like quarterly because we know everyone yeah. has, there's some unknowns out there, right? So you got to make sure you price your, your products or services to align with what, um, the needs of the marketplace and, and your, your new evolved customer journey and how they, they, they want to be engaged with. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, you know, I think terms, um, quote unquote, is one of the easiest things to tackle, um, to allow, you know, for cash flow, um, to show empathy, as you mentioned to, you know, to your customer base, depending on the industry. Um, Right. And, and it really is, um, it's really funny because we've had clients who, who have changed terms in all sorts of ways. Right. So some of them have shortened engagements, um, so that people, um, to deal with the uncertainty, 
right? Um, some people that have worked with really large corporations where um, they're dealing with marketing directors or directors of certain accounts um, who are afraid of, of their future uncertainty kind of locked in and prepaid, uh, which was interesting. Um, we've had people uh, extend engagements, but lower the um, the the recurring income, right, or the recurring costs. Uh, so there's all different ways to play with it, and it's really dependent on your industry and sort of the needs and pain points of of your clients. So, Juliana, what is what are some new things you've been doing lately to you know, reinvent yourself or just innovate yourself lately? So I would say for me, it's, um, it's a constant evolution, right? Or it's a constant innovation, um, especially as an entrepreneur to get more and more comfortable, um, with the publicness of being an entrepreneur or like with media. Um, you know, I know like before, uh, like I would do video, I would, I would have to like take like shots of aguardiente or something to do video because I was so uncomfortable with it. Or, um, you know, if I had any glitches with like, you know, like a podcast would like make me super nervous. Like you would think that I was like standing in front of like 3000 people. Um, but now I'm just like, all right, cool. Like two minutes before I'm just getting the lighting on, got to fix my hair. Um, and, and I think that there's as an entrepreneur, at least for me, I know that there's a constant um, challenge to overcome whatever limiting beliefs, whatever upper limits there are. Um, and then once you get there, it's like that next thing, right? Like, like what's that next limit or, or that next um, piece? Uh, for example, I know for me, um, like self-expression in all formats uh, is always a big thing, right? So, um, what you say, how you say it, your tone. Um, I think it took me like a year to play with and figure out my tone, um, for my marketing. And then it just ended up being like, Oh yeah, the tone is just exactly how you speak. Authentic, your true self. Exactly. But like getting comfortable with that authenticity, like it takes something, especially, um, for myself, which I'm like highly opinionated and I have very little filter. And then I'm like, Oh shit, did I just say that? Um, you know, and, and being okay with that. Right. Um, and, and beyond okay. Right. Like actually being grateful for that and, and knowing that, um, that you really are attracting your tribe. And, you know, and the more that you get comfortable with yourself, the more that you can actually advance and innovate and, and move forward. So I think that for me has been one of the, the biggest takeaways and, and it's so simple. Um, but it really is, you know, finding like that truth in your self-expression and knowing that it'll take you to that next level and take you to that next level. Yeah. That, what attracted me to join your, your tribe and the cohort mm -hmm. that we have of awesome other entrepreneurs and owners, agency owners around the globe was just your personality. You know, so it was just so authentic and raw. And like, I was like, this is great. Like, I know that if I have to confine with you, you got to give it to me straight. You know, you're not going to sugarcoat it. You're not going to make, you know, hopes and dreams. Like you got to be real, but you got to make sure you, you got to get me out of the crap. You know, if I'm stuck in the muck, like I know you gotta, we're gonna get through the trenches and come out of that, out of that, you know, out of that sinking hole. So, um, and I see that all the time. And, and, and one of my, um, you know, we, we call it our gladiators. We have other people <laughs> within our teams that join our groups. She looks forward to our calls because like, she actually like, that's one of her highlights of her week is our calls with you and the rest of the team. Cause 
it's just a uh, just so refreshing and different. So yeah, I think <laughs> yeah, like just being authentic and being yourself. And I struggled with it too. Like you're right, you know, like you. Uh, I haven't been doing a lot of social media as much as we. I am a marketing person. I kind of felt like, do I want to put myself out there? You know, but then when I talk to people in person, they, you know, we always have great connections. So I think if you feel like you're, you're, you have something to offer, everyone has something to offer. Um, it should shine through, through the camera in media, or even when the cameras are off, just be yourself and attract the people that want to be around you. And I think it's, that's what I think social media gives you that opportunity to connect with the right type of other people that's going to either be mentors or um, potential partners or friends, but also like clients. I think clients, they want to work with people too. you know, humanize the experience. So they see your personality. Like I became a client, right. And you no, know, we're <laughs> friends, but like I was attracted because I like the content you're putting out your personality. Like that was, that resonated with me compared to other folks who almost seem very um, if it's corporate, you know, just yeah. vanilla um so so yeah so if you guys know some tips hopefully you take away from from juliana and myself is you know just start doing it don't worry about as much it's so easy to say it is hard to do but you know if you you got to feel really um confident uh in and okay with being vulnerable and because people actually gravitate to folks that are vulnerable um Absolutely. And, you know, just to give something super tactical in that, um, like getting to the place where you accept the polarization is hard, right? Because um, you get to a place where you're just like, you know, oh, you unsubscribed or you trolled or you blah, 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 right? Like, like, you know, you'll like the more public you are, the more negative feedback you'll get just as much as positive feedback. Right. And, and that's, that, that was hard a little bit, um, at the beginning. Um, and something that, that I haven't even put in that I will be putting in right uh, as a tactical thing is to my email list, right. Sort of an indoctrination, um, you know, campaign of like, if you join the email list, you'll start to, so we're going to have a couple of emails kind of introducing people to that. And one of the things that we're, we're putting in there is sort of this, like why you might unsubscribe. Right. And, and this actually came from, um, you know, really digging deep into my values. And, and I, and I really sort of solidified this last year of, um, like I, I hate parades. Like I really like, I hate like large crowds and, and all this stuff. Right. But I would always do the pride parade um, with my good friend, Mario. And, and so like last year I was like posting a lot of pride stuff and, you know, as an ally and, and people were like, Oh my God, are you, are you a lesbian? Are you this? Are you that? And it was just like, no, like I just, you know, I'm like super pro, uh, you know, pride rights and everything and, and everything that's going on, um, with the LGBTQ community. And, and so, and then when it came like, you know, nowadays with, with what's going on with BLM, especially it's like, you know, do you have a voice? Do you want to stand up? It's like, how does that, and how does that polarize you with, with your audience or your potential audience? So in our indoctrinations with like why you might unsubscribe is like one, I'll get super geeky with processes. Right. And I'm always going to kind of give it to you straight, as you mentioned. Um, but I also really, really care about what's happening and affecting all of our lives. So, you know, 10% of the time you're going to hear my opinion on what's going on. And, and that's part of, of who I am. That's part of my brand. That's part of my values. So 
you know, getting clear on your values and sticking to them and knowing that um, there will be polarization. Yeah, I think you, you start to see people separate themselves from the pack now, you know, with with true leaders and businesses because their, you know, their brand and their authenticity really starts coming out, you know, um, breaking through the noise. Yeah. So, so Julian, tell me, a, a, so this last question for you here, you know, I think a lot of people when they, when they hear, listen about great stories of other entrepreneurs and it's like, okay, how do, how do you do it? Like, what does your routine look like? What do you do? How do you get in that mindset? How do you get that drive and that fire? So I, so I tend to have a fiery personality to begin with. <laughs> um, but I, I often say that I really protect my mornings, right? Like I, I think my morning mindset's really important to me. And, you know, for a long time, like my mom's been in and out of recession, like um, with cancer, uh, you know, and being an entrepreneur, you're, you're kind of like battling the day. It feels like sometimes when you're putting out fires and you're dealing with this and clients and team members and da, 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 right. You know, or COVID or, you know, African Hornets, God knows 2020, the year that keeps on giving. Right. So <laughs> you're like waking up to all this stuff. So I think protecting your mindset is super, super important. And I often say that like in the morning, I feel like I have to do like mindset jujitsu just to kind of get to a place of equilibrium. So there's a couple of things that I, that I try to do. Um, you know, I, I kind of have like a long routine and then what I call like a micro routine, just in case I can't get to the long one. So my long routine, I like to, um, you know, sort of wake up. Uh, I have a, a WhatsApp group of, you know, friends and colleagues where we do grateful. So I do like three gratefuls in the morning, right. And just kind of make sure that my brain is, is sort of open to possibility and gratitude and all that good stuff, right? You know, so kind of just start off like really positive. Um, I recently bought a, you're going to laugh at me. I bought a singing bowl um, and, and I just go down these rabbit holes. And so I was learning I all about, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'll explain to you. So, um, so I was in Bali last December and I was like learning, you know, and I've been to the sound baths before. So what's really cool about, sound baths and, you know, like bells and singing bowls and all this stuff is that there's vibrations and then there's different vibrations, uh, that are attuned to your body. Right. And so like, depending on how woo woo you want to get about it, right. Um, different chakras actually have different frequencies that will tone the vibration of that chakra. So you can, so think about it as like a, if you're a car, you're getting a tune up. <laughs> right. So, so I bought one, um, with a specific frequency, uh, for creation. Like, like that's what I wanted to wake up to. I wanted to wake up to, to toning kind of the frequency of creation. So, um, in the morning I kind of like play my singing bowl. Like it's not very long. I just like, um, and, and I feel like I'm getting a tune up and it might be completely placebo. I have no idea, but it just, it feels good. You know, like I, I love music and I love sound. So, so that, you know, kind of puts me in a different atmosphere. Uh, then usually we'll, um, you know, put on my sports gear, I'll work out. Uh, then I, I will meditate, 
you know, even if I have like five minutes, you know, I'll try to do a little meditation. If I can get it in, I feel like a superhero. Uh, and, and I feel like I can reboot my brain to just kind of start sort of like if you were a computer, I think meditation is really good because it's kind of like you clear out whatever programming you've got going on in the background and any kind of like malware or any of that crap. Right. So you just restart. So I, I do the, I do that. And then I religiously make coffee. Um, and, and my coffee game is like really, really on cause I'm Colombian and you know, I, I take it out of the freezer cause we gotta keep it fresh. I put it into the grinder, um, you know, heat the, the tea kettle, then put the, the water in the, uh, French press. Like, like it's, it's real. Like for me, it's, it's almost uh, ritualistic and, wow. and it just gets me it, and it gets me going. Um, you know, and then I kind of like go into and, and tackle the world. But, but if I get all of that in, I feel like a superhero. I feel like I can, you know, get on and, and I really, uh, attempt to have zero phone calls before I start work because I'm disciplined. So can't shoot yourself like an athlete, really? Like, you know, <laughs> you got your prep work, your warm up to really tackle the day. I mean, like, and Simon Sinek says, you know, it's, it's the infinite game, the, the yeah. game of like business. And it's like, we're, we're the players, right? So <laughs> you got to get ready to tackle that day, which is the game. So that's, that's amazing that you do all that prep work. Um, yeah, I really try, um, you know, and if I can get journaling in, that's awesome. I, I haven't been able to recently, you know, and, and every once in a while, like it'll get condensed, right? Cause sometimes it's a lot and there's just days where, where it doesn't happen. But if I can get kind of like, two out of that entire routine done, at least I know I've, you know, I, I've made an effort to, to fine tune uh, everything that I can do to kind of have as much power as I can in my morning and then throughout the day. Thank you for sharing that. That's amazing. Uh, I think hearing from you talk about meditation and I've had other mentors, influential people that I know that have been successful at doing meditation. I started doing that I think in December, December, January, and it's been, you're right. It's like, it's like a reboot for your computer. Yeah. Um, I do it in the morning and I started walking a lot lately. Uh, I got bad knees. So I, can't, I had three knee surgeries, so I don't do running, um, but I actually like to walk. It's very peaceful. And you start to do like mindfulness. You think about things you're grateful for mm-hmm. to be in the right mindset. But yeah, that, that meant like I do walking meditation too. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really critical. I think for folks who, uh, if you're really, I mean, even if you're not busy, but I think if you're busy, you definitely need it. You know, it's, it's, and sometimes you need to do it in the middle of the day for five minutes. There's tons of apps just to reset. If you're kind of like overwhelmed, you're feeling like it's chaos. You're putting away a lot of fires and you can pull in all different directions. And if you're home with your kids and it's just all this craziness or whatever it is, that's you know, distracting you, uh, so critical to, to do some type of like mindfulness or meditation. Yeah. It's huge. Especially like if you're, if you're context switching a lot, meaning like, you know, if you're going from the kids, right. Cause of homeschooling or whatnot, and then, you know, you're going to like work and then you're meeting and then you have the team and then you have a sales call and then you're dealing with a client and da, 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 right. Like, and, and you're just, your brain is constantly kind of like ramping up and ramping down, ramping up and ramping down. So if you can get something to kind of clear the clutter, um, like I love the waking uh, up app. I, I think it's a great one. Um, cause they, they have like really short meditations, you know, like you can get, it's like eight minutes. So I think, you know, that will at least kind of clear the clutter and kind of let you go, especially if you have a really long day. Um, cause I know recently, you know, we've been, 
was doing a bunch of marketing and stuff like that. And, and I've had very long, like, days and nights and and just getting you know something in is just so helpful because you um you got to reboot i think if not you burn out and and i've been doing meditation since i was like eight years old um and and it does actually change like the neuroplasticity in your brain which is really cool like i mean over time you start to see how meditation affects you over time and it really just it brings a whole new resiliency to your day that you don't even notice like it's it's subtle but so powerful my wife actually mentioned to me i've noticed a change in you with like your patience with with the with the kids not meaning that i'm like this like crazy <laughs> person um it's just uh usually yeah yeah after a couple of times they aren't listening i'm just like i get i get frustrated but now i'm just like easy peasy like <laughs> well yeah because um, you're human right but it like it it lowers your irritability yeah, and like and for it. instance mm-hmm. i know on days that i'm like where it's like high stress or like something um so my dog who is retired with my mom like they both retired on a prairie in columbia mm-hmm. it's uh it's it's rather funny um but you know she was going through um like a liver issue a couple of weeks ago and you know and and even like on days like that where you just you just need more resiliency um because there's like the life stuff that happens and it's going to happen no matter what but then there's like the work stuff that happens and you just don't know what's going to happen right so it's, it's that resiliency i think that's so important right guys you hear right here from juliana and myself uh, some, hopefully some handful of takeaways. Uh, but my, my one big takeaway is, you know, take, take inside mindfulness and meditation. I think that's going to help you if you're really trying to figure out how to, you know, get yourself through the day, but also help your business out. Um, Julian, what, what, what's one takeaway that you can give and share with everyone? Um, finding quiet for yourself in the morning, stillness. Um, and, and it's odd because stillness is one of those things that's, that's often hard for entrepreneurs, right? Cause we're always on the move and, and we're always starting and we're always doing, uh, but finding stillness for yourself at least once a day, um, or once every other day, uh, can actually propel you and move you forward faster than anything else. I feel that's so true. It's not that I noticed that sometimes at the end of the day, I actually will go out and sit outside for like five, 10 minutes before yeah. I get into the night routine. It's just, that's the mean, reset. Yeah. Cause even like how you said, like you're walking, right? Like when you go out and you walk and you, I mean, it's not still, I mean, it's, is that still, or as you're going to get sometimes, but, <laughs> um, you know, your brain starts solving problems for you that, that you can't when you're on the go. Right. Like, like that you can't when you're in the day to day weeds. So, so being able to find that for yourself, like that alone time, um, is huge because otherwise you can't make the massive breakthroughs, um, that are going to 80, 20, uh, your business, your life, your relationships. All right. There you go, guys. Do something with what you heard today. Go out there and crush it till next time. So this is not so much just for our listeners it's with our listeners we're doing this with them not just for them we're all together in this big massive disconnected group called entrepreneurs find us on facebook and linkedin at the vulnerable entrepreneurs twitter and instagram at the ve podcast the ve 
Vulnerable Entrepreneur Podcast. And join the conversation by visiting us on our website, thevepodcast.com, and email us at hello at thevepodcast.com. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. That wraps it up. We understand that every minute of your day is valuable, and we appreciate you spending time with us today.